This week's episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Good Sunday, everybody. Corey, looking good? Yeah, you as well, Derek. Thanks. All right, good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I like, honestly, I kind of do like doing these on Sundays because it is like a nice, relaxing day. It's beautiful outside. Um, it's a great a- excuse to not go to church. Uh, yeah, I probably would <laughs> never do that. I don't think I've done that since I was about five or six. Oh, but, yeah, uh, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, but had a nice relaxing day. Me and girlfriend took the dog for a nice walk and then got some ice cream, you know, like. Nice. Is beautiful. I like ice cream. Yeah, man. And now mm. we are we're just enjoying some... Um, De-alcoholized beer together. Uh, you know what are you what are you drinking over there? Well, I have the uh, I've got the President's Choice Blonde Brew de-alcoholized. Am I saying that properly? It's like I'm so. adding an extra syllable. Yeah, anyway, maybe. de-alcoholized lager beer. It's uh, all right. It's okay. That's <laughs> that's <it's> okay. <laughs> and I have the classic O'Doul's Amber. It is rich and flavorful. If you like shitty things in your mouth, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is it actually rich and flavorful? Uh, there's flavor. That's for sure. Whether it's good or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's something that isn't just tap water at this point. So yeah, that's fair. At some point, we should do an episode on on uh, like non-alcoholic beer. I we find uh, it gets a bad rap, and only for kind of a good reason. Yeah, it. I don't know. As uh, somebody who was a longtime beer drinker, I don't. Uh, I just I can't really get into it. It's just something to drink. Uh, yeah, that's all. You know. Yeah, I'm agreed. Not. I find um, I was the same way. Who like, you know, when I drank beer, I really, really liked it. Like, I loved going and getting, like, going to the liquor store and being like, "Oh, hey, I haven't seen that stout before. I'm gonna get that." And like all the stuff I haven't tried, and then, like, you know, just seeing what's out there was really fun and exciting. And I don't quite feel like that now that I don't drink. Yeah, but, like when I'm at the store, I just grab whatever is either on sale or closest to my hand. Like, <laughs> like as I little simply, reaching as possible. <laughs> I don't care. It's yeah. not about like how good it is anymore. It's just about having something. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got some defaults. Like I find that, and here, I'll give a my little tip for anybody who have, is considering not drinking and getting into non-alcoholic beer is don't compare it to your favorite real beer because you're not going to replace it. Like, you know, my no. favorite beers completely, like, were so much better than these. But, um, you know, whenever I go and I, like, I found one that's acceptable, and now, like, when I crack one of these on, like, a hot day, uh, it feels like I'm cracking a beer. It feels like I'm having a beer with a friend if I have somebody over and they're drinking. Like, so there's still that kind of part that you, I get out of it. Yeah, exactly. You're never going to get the same flavors and like, you know, they all, it is it, not the same. Obviously the alcohol adds a large portion of t- the flavor mm-hmm. and why it tastes the way it does. So totally. yeah, but I don't I know. I will say that, um, that one stout that you introduced me to the, the groovy non-alcoholic stout, uh, is yes. amazing. I love it every time, but it's hard to get though. So I only get yeah. it every now and then. Um, but when I do, it's like, that is a beer I will actually sip at and be like, oh, that's so good. 
Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but mm-hmm. you know, to each their own. Maybe well, I'll maybe- try it again because that was closer to the beginning of me being sober. Yeah, that I found now that you now that right? it's been a while, you're probably forgetting what your favorite beers taste like, and so that one will taste better. It has actually uh, this coming week. It will be one year. Holy crap, man! Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, it's pretty one year club. Pretty crazy to think, man. But yeah, and still in fucking lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one time that's like, oh, I wish I had been drinking this whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, I that was part of the reason why I quit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, man, it was kind of a lot of good things, and now I'm just over a month uh, without a cigarette. So nice. Now I'm, I'm just I'm trying to find something else. Like what else? I'm, I'm trying to fix my diet, and I have been for the last like month and a half, maybe close to two months, eating vegetarian. Oh yeah, and it just doesn't doesn't seem to be working for me. Mm. Like it really, I I found myself getting like never really being full and all constantly like craving different things, and I actually felt like I was gaining weight, even though I was like exercising way more than I used to and all that. So I'm going back and I'm going to introduce fish and, um, and poultry back into my diet. Uh, so still cut out red meats and pork and Mm -hmm. uh, all that type of stuff, but chicken and fish, um, Introduced back in, not like a an insane amount, but yeah, like um, straight vegetarian was uh, just didn't uh, quite work yeah, well it's for tricky. me. Yeah, and I wasn't like super on top of it either. I, I was just like, I just don't eat meat now. That's yeah, I mean, it. You did tell me a story about how you fried a veggie burger in baking grease. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not being the most dedicated vegetarian. No, I'm not dedicated in that like regard. But uh, I tried to do it just for like basic health reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like you know, fish and and chicken, turkey, you know that type of stuff. But veal. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I only I eat so. veal. I only eat veal. Yeah, that's it. Veal sandwiches, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, <laughs> No, man, but honestly, like this, with going through like this whole pandemic and everything, um, it really made me think of like stuff that I've never really tried and like how I've lived like the same kind of like lifestyle, um, like being a musician for the past, like close to 20 years and really just like getting into a certain lifestyle and being accustomed to like, this is who I am. This is how I do things. And now it's like, I have the time I'm home. I'm not really eating out. I'm not on tour. I'm not like all over the place. Like I'm home a lot. So I have the time to actually like sit down and look at you know, like, okay, what are some things I could change? Try it. I could try it for six months, a year. If it works, then awesome. I can continue. Or if it, if it's not working for me, then I can, you know, see, you know, how I can rebalance my life. So totally. I think yeah. it's a good, uh, I think it's good for people to be willing to accept some sort of change into their life. Like, um, you know, I think that just, there's nothing to be gained by just planting your feet and not ever changing when it comes to lifestyle or anything, like not being open to something new. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes you got to break free of something and to see if it's holding you back or not. Oh, exactly, man. Yeah. Totally. This, this whole quitting smoking thing has been really fucking hard. Um, yeah. it, I qu- just went cold Turkey. They raised the prices. Um, I think it was about like four or five weeks ago and literally I had half a pack left and I'm like, all right, this, this half a pack, I'm going to smoke it and I'm done. I am not buying another pack because I just like, I'm sick of the price going up and up and the government just taking more and more money. And I'm like, all right, you know, fuck it. 
<laughs> like yeah. that one wasn't even health reasons. I'm like, <laughs> That's like money. Uh, yeah, it was simply money. And now what I'm doing is taking $50 a week and putting into a savings account, which I will use for tattoos or gear or whatever. But, um, so yeah. if anyone listening, you should make a comment on what you think Corey is actually going to use this money on. Cause I think gear, you think gear, dude, I, think I, gear. I really want to finish these sleeves and I, I know you do, but then you're going to see a snare drum that you like and be like, Oh, I have the money for that. I really I mean, want to get I some, <laughs> I really want to get some outboard like compressors and preamps and stuff too. And, and put a lot of money into my studio setup. But, yeah, um, there we go. I said it, I said it first. You heard it here first folks. He's this, <laughs> this money's supposed to be for me though. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm planning on spending it on tattoos and I'm going to set up appointments with my tattoo artist and then I have to do it. You want to let our listeners choose your tattoo? I I actually would kind of be open to getting a tattoo of the listeners choosing. Yeah? All right. Everybody should vote that he gets nipples tattooed in his butt cheeks. Okay. <laughs> so that way he looks like he's got boobs for a butt. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd be open to that. But no, you already yeah. agreed. <laughs> Pulls open. No, that's it. Yeah, we're going to hold you down. That's it. <laughs> uh, fuck, man. All right. So I think um, that leads us into our topic of the day. <laughs> Great segue, man. Nicely. You're just killing it today. Fuck. You want to do the uh, honors? Well, today we wanted to talk about incorporating electronics into your drumming and your playing, uh, i.e. triggers uh, and sample pads, mainly. And, I mean, uh, there's t- yeah, we're definitely going to miss some things. So there's tons of electronic doodads out there that you can put into your kit and use. But I think oh, triggers yeah. and, uh, and sample pads are probably the main ones that you see these days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I mean, it's no no secret that you and I both use triggers on our, our kick drum. So for anyone yes. listening who's not aware of what they are, and I feel like we've explained this before, but that's okay. Pretty much a trigger is something that, you know, traditionally it's something that you put on your, your drum uh, to be a sensor that touches the head. So that way, whenever you hit the sensor, the, the signal goes into a, a module that produces like that, that essentially triggers a sample sound and that gets played through the PA. So that way, you know, the benefits are things like, you know, a, a common use in metal drumming at least would be really fast double bass. Uh, it's really hard to, to mic that and get a good sound if you're just miking the kick drum. So having a good sounding kick drum sample will make fast double bass a lot cleaner uh, and easier to hear when you're playing live. So that's one example. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of other reasons. A lot of drummers will, you know, add different sounds to their snare. There's more like other types of music will, you know, they'll, they'll have, you know, claps or, or, um, what are those shaky things? Shakers, <laughs> tambourines, shakers, stuff like that. Like whenever they hit their snare or their toms or, um, any, like a multitude of different types of samples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we can start off by talking about the difference since, you know, kick drum samples and, and triggering is probably the main thing that we uh, know about personally. Well, why don't we what, talk about that first? What are you using for your uh, kick drum for your, your trigger and your, your module currently? Uh, so currently I started off with when I had one kick drum, I was using a, a Roland uh, I'm going to butcher the numbers. It's like RT, whatever. It's like a regular Roland RTK, trigger. RTK, I think they are. Something like that, yeah. I think it's the uh, Roland trigger and, kick. Yeah. yeah, and that was solid. And I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, you can't put those on a bass drum with an EMAD. You'll get a bunch of mistriggering. Um, I put on a kick drum with an EMAD head, like an Evans EMAD with the uh, external dampening ring. No mm-hmm. issues. Um, the only time I ever had mistriggering was whenever things were extra bassy, it seemed. Um. Like if the bass was really loud, it would like vibrate the the kick head, and then I would it would be like more sensitive. But yeah, uh, I have since switched to those uh, pedal triggers that you lent me. 
slash game. I guess you haven't seen them in years now, but I've been using those and they actually work great. Like, yeah, they work really, really well. Um, no mistriggering, no like externals, like my snare drum doesn't set them off or anything like that. They are great. I, I really like them. They're not like the most convenient design. I would admit they're very but, similar to the Axis E kits. Hmm. Uh, for anyone who knows those, uh, it's the same thing, but it it is a, a kit essentially you can put onto almost any pedal. Yeah, I think they make them for every, like pretty much every pedal out there. Yeah, I don't actually think. I think when I got them, they weren't fully designed for the dominators that I have. Because you had to makeshift them on there, did you not? No, no, not really. No, I know I had like a hell of a time trying to figure out how they went on. Hmm. It was a, it was they they seem to work pretty well for me. Yeah, I don't know. And I guess the difference between these, uh, again, this is something I think we have talked about, but like instead of being uh, mounted on the kick drum, they're mounted on the pedals. There's a little sensor, and then there's a like a hammer striking thing that as you step in the pedal, it kind of follows the beater and it will hit the sensor and you line it up so that it hits the sensor at the same time your bass drum beater hits the skin. And so yes. that way it, uh, you know, it eliminates mistriggering and stuff like that. Cause quite often, you know, in order to stop mistriggers from happening on a, uh, like an acoustic kick, uh, you have to put a lot of blankets inside it. You have to maybe tighten it up a lot. Um, and you had to sacrifice a lot of your kick drum sound in order to stop these from, from going off at the wrong time. My snare drum was really bad for setting it off every now and then yeah. uh, before I got it really dialed in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I'm using those uh, pedal triggers now. I really like them and I have them running into uh, a Roland uh, TM2, which is okay. I will say that's a pretty common module, but my one at least has some bugs to it, which is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, if it's cold in our jam room when we arrive, uh, I have to warm it up before it'll it'll work, which is super annoying because it's usually cold in our room. Yeah, that's that'd be super annoying doing a tour in the winter. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could just see you having to run the heat in the van and warm <laughs> it up, and then like, okay, Derek, we're on. All right, run in. <laughs> yeah, I used to like have to hold it underneath like my shirt or something like that when I was warming up. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So what are you using right now? Well, do you use the samples in that module or do you use your own? Cause you can load your own samples into that one, which I, yeah. I think is a really cool feature. And you know, I I'm using the Elisa's DM five and you can't do that with that one. You can't mm. load any, external samples in which is very frustrating for me because i have a lot of i have a large amount of samples that i would love to use um but are you are you using preloaded ones or are you using um your own samples i'm using my own uh, kind of i'll say my own um i added one the big reason i got the tm2 was so that i could uh, like put my own samples on there mm-hmm. um i'm actually using one i got off of the metal drummer nerds worldwide facebook group and Dan Preslin from Neoblimascaris posted his sample that he uses. And I downloaded it and tried it, and it's awesome. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really good. I've got, uh, I tweaked the bass. I made it a little bit bassier, but it's got a good attack. I'll, uh, it's a very common issue that I find um, a lot of metal samples are just all attack, and they're really clicky. Yeah. And I wanted a little bit more meat, so I just EQ'd a little bit more bass into it. Um to fill it out and I find it sounds great and it got to the point where uh, uh, at first I was like okay well whenever I play shows I'll see if they'll mix in a little bit of the acoustic kick in with it and now I'm at the point where I'm just like don't don't bother just use the trigger it sounds better anyway I've always been that way man I, I've used two kick drums for you know the last half decade at least and I even like guys like want to set up mics and stuff like that and i'm like guys i get it don't bother though please because mm-hmm. these two kick drums sound nothing alike and i want everything to be perfect totally. so samples only don't get crazy with this shit man 
Like, <laughs> you know, make your life simple here. You know, that's what I want. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, in hindsight, I wish I hadn't have bothered putting portholes in my bass drums skins because I designed like the front heads, which looked pretty badass, but I had to put a hole in them. Uh, and I did find a good spot for it, but realistically, like next time I do that, I don't think I'm going to bother. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, with my, um, I might, I might with my new kit coming. Um, cause I'm, I do want to mic it. I do want to tune it for the studio. We're not doing mm-hmm. gigs, right? So, um, yeah, so I'll see, I might put a mic on it and sample it and just blend it. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but my, my crimson kit here and, uh, I had, when I was playing for Lotharo, I had decaled skins and I never put a, put a hole in it though. Never mic it. That's just asking sound guys to mic it. And I don't want them to. <laughs> yeah, so, that's fair. But when I have my, my Johnny, no cash Celtic outlaws one, um, yeah, a hundred percent mic it every time I never triggered that, that kick. So, mm-hmm. uh, always have a have a hole for that to be mic'd properly. Yeah, man. Definitely a time and place for triggering, triggering your kick. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, bass drum triggers are one thing and there's a lot of different brands out there. And I find one thing that's gaining a lot of popularity are pedal mounted, uh, kick triggers. So, you know, we talked about skin mounted ones. There's tons of different brands. Roland, uh, um, Oh my God. What are the red, what are the red D- ones? D drum. D drums. Yeah. Those, those had- are pretty common ones. I had a set of D drums. I switched to Roland. Uh, then I had those pedal triggers that you have now. <laughs> and um, I, within the last year, I think, I got a set of foot blasters. And I will say, though, before I got foot blasters, I didn't look on their site. They do have a list of pedals that they are compatible with so if you're interested in them go and look on the site because i did not do that uh and they are not compatible with the um the trick dominators just because the way they mount and the 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 foot plate is graded so the adhesive doesn't have a flat surface to stick to so i had to make shift something i got it working like it it works fine there's no issues but uh it, it would, i just had to do a little bit of, of a runaround and mm-hmm. i do really enjoy them uh i will say recently and i think this is a problem with my dm5 it is quite old i got it used about six seven years ago so and it's you know it's been all over the world and you know, abuse and whatnot. Right. So mm-hmm. I might end up upgrading my module soon, but I have been noticing that my snare has been triggering it, which is super weird because it's the foot blasters, which you need contact. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to look at my settings. Um, that is interesting. I, yeah. At the end of the day, um, I mean, at the end of the day, they are still a sensor. And if you have your sensitivity too uh, too high, because um, I've seen this with my uh, like even the pedal triggers, like mm-hmm. you know the shock from a really hard snare drum rim shot could set them off if this if the sensitivity is really uh, high on them. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I got to take a look at. And sometimes you um, with the DM5, you literally just have to do a reset. And then redial everything in and it's fine. So it gets a little wonky sometimes and you just have to do like a hard reset of it uh, and then then dial it back in. It takes like five, 10 minutes and then, then you're good to go. Right. So Hmm. I've had to do that maybe like five or six times since I've, I owned it. It's not a big deal really. Good. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a one other pedal mounted. Well, so there's tons of brands of, of, uh, pedal mounted triggers now too there's you know foot blasters pedal trigger on trigger um there's one called uh oh my god was it precision trigger or something like that Ooh, i haven't Um, seen that one might be but that might be wrong but there's a lot of different foot mounted like ones that mount under the pedal board of your your pedal um 
But there's also Trick has a trigger of its own that are is made specifically for its Pro One V and I think Dominator pedals. Um, yeah, and it's like the laser trigger, and essentially it works differently than the other ones. Whereas most triggers are a piezo sensor that you know it feels the shock. This is a laser that like when the light gets interrupted or something like that, mm-hmm. then it triggers. So it's like always perfect, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I have heard really, really good things about them. Now, you do have to look at the fact that I think the pedal trigger, the um, lasers, the trick laser triggers are close to $300 a piece. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. (laughs) So there's that compared to the, uh, I think the foot blasters are like $100 euro for a pair i want to say which is probably about 150 canadian roughly usually out of depending on the exchange rate um yeah i don't know um i don't know if that's that's worth it i've heard amazing things about them um but i i don't know if it would be worth it for me to actually uh purchase yeah it's definitely a luxury i think you know because realistically a lot of these other triggers they work all of them work Uh, now axis actually has a pedal like a a beneath the footboard mounted uh, oh yeah they do and it seems like a kind of cool setup like a cool design as well yeah, it does. I really, I actually really like it. It looks really nice. Um, I think Six Six Samus on YouTube has a shootout with all of these. A hundred percent. It's what. Although I, was, uh, I, I watched it right and it was now. pretty much just like, yeah, this is pretty good they, for all of them. They're all they all worked. And yeah. then he said which one he liked the best at the end of it. But it was like he demonstrated and it's pretty much just like, okay, there's like perfect double bass every single time. Yeah. So well, when you have precision like that guy and like. Mm-hmm. Every anything's gonna work. That's the thing is, is all of these work. It's just yeah. what works best for you and your style and of playing. Your style of playing, or fucking simply just which one looks the best, which one you like the design, or which company you physically like better. Mm-hmm. Even if you talk to a rep from each of the companies, like you could connect with one. One way that, you know, that pulls you to want their product more. Like, I've had that several times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of these are, like, high high quality. I wouldn't say that, you know, even the rolling triggers and everything are, like, you know, like, tons of guys use them for touring on, on some of the biggest stages around, you know. Totally. So, yeah, it's um, whatever's going to work for you. Yeah, for sure. Now, there is one other one, uh, and I think we may have talked about this at some point. It's the Trig Mick Laser Pick. The Trig Mick Laser Mick or Mike. Trig Mike, probably. Laser Pick. Yeah. Um, it has, uh, I'm pretty sure it's got a built-in sound module in it. But first thing, when you look at this thing, their logo needs revamping. And I think I said this last time we talked about this, because it totally looks like it says Laser Dick. <laughs> I do remember us talking about this before, yeah. and it definitely does look like it says laser dick. The trig, the trig mic laser dick smart trigger. Fuck. Yeah, I don't and know, it's, man. It's, but I have heard some pretty cool things. So the way this works is you put it on the top of your bass drum, and then you put these reflective stickers on your bass drum beaters, and this thing shoots a laser down, kind of the same way that the. Uh, like similar to the trick um, trigger. And as the, the reflective tape on your beater hits that laser line, then it triggers the sample. Oh my uh, God. That... Which is kind of cool. However, a few people I've, I've read things online saying that like, you know, heavy use of a smoke machine might interfere with that or like sunlight. If they're playing outside might get in the way. I that's I would say that this one is one I would not trust in any situation. Like no, I don't know. It does have a built-in 
sound module, which is kind of cool. Mm. No. I mean, I would definitely be, uh, I would be a little nervous if I, as well, like I would try it out and see what it's like, but there's that part of me that's like, it just seems risky. You know what? If somebody from uh trig Mike uh, wants to send us one to, to test out, I'd be totally down to do that. But even just the design of it, knowing that all the samples are in this one little module, like, that's no, that's way too much <laughs> for me. I'm nervous just looking at it. And yeah, that's it fair. Says laser dick on it. I just don't know. <laughs> that's I mean, what you should get for your tattoo. That's probably the <laughs> one thing that I would that would sell me on it is the laser dick. That's fair. So, <laughs> so we're gonna put that one in the maybe later pile. Maybe later, yeah. The Trig Mike laser dick. All right. <laughs> so you know, awesome. there's a lot more. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more out there than just triggering your bass drum. And I don't know if you actually use. You don't really use any sample pads or anything like that, do you? I do not. I have been thinking about getting into it, um, just to run all my. Uh, click tracks and everything because I know a lot of guys do that um, and you know like I'm looking to to play other genres of music and you know just mm-hmm. queuing samples and stuff is it, it's difficult sometimes because I use an iPad so I have to physically touch the screen with my finger and sometimes I'll hit the back button or the whatever right and then it just fucks it up if I just have a pad I can just whack um, and it takes me to where I, at the my click tracks or the sample needs to play or whatever it may be, right? I think it, it's an awesome thing to have, like 100%, man. I'm totally okay with people using these live. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I would love to get one, at some, uh, like an actual sample pad at some point. Um, there's a lot of different options out there. And uh, I mentioned in a previous episode that I, I've been using a Roland trigger bar with my TM2, which is kind of cool. So I've got some bass mm-hmm. booms in there. I've got a few other samples. Um, and that's useful, but I only have the one bar. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other things out there. So uh, Alesis has a lot of options out there with different, you know, they've got like, I think four and like something with four pads or eight pads. Uh, Roland has a few options as well, the SPD-SX. Um, they do also have the Roland Octopad, which is something I used to own for a long time. I used it for my electric kit. Yes. And uh, it's cool, but you can't put your own samples on it. However, what I found really interesting was it had a ton of really great sounding things on it. Uh, and it was a built-in loop station, so you could create your own like like percussive like backing loops and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that was really fun to, to mess with. See, I would want something that I could have samples on there, but I could also trigger my my click tracks to start and stop. Yeah. Right? So something like the SPD-SX might be cool, uh, which is the Roland sample pad. I think it has like eight... No, it's got like nine pads on it, so six pads and like three edge pads. Uh, yeah. And the cool thing I remember about that one was that you can route things to come out either through the hunt to the front of house, or you can route them just to go into your headphones. So if you have your click tracks playing, you can have like, you know, those just go into your headphones, but other samples still being played out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, of course, man. No. All right. This, this is something I, I've thought about too, was if I had one of these, um, and I had my click track going and I dropped a stick or like something flew up on stage or something crazy happened and it hit one of the trigger pads and it goes to like the next song or like it stops my click track or whatever. It just fucks up everything, which is why I've always been slightly nervous of getting something where you can just touch it and it fucks off completely. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I get that, too. That's why I think that I would probably, st- for my click tracks, I'll probably always stick to, um, I would prefer to have like an iPad or something like that, but 
someday I'll probably yeah. use my laptop. So that way that's separate just because it definitely seems like a real concern. You know, we drop sticks all the time. Or if you go to hit another sample and you accidentally hit your, your click track pad, then you just have to like eat it for the rest of the song. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that idea. Mm-hmm. I do. That's another thing I would love to get um, a dedicated uh, laptop with interface and run full like in-ear setup and everything like that. Um, that's like my dream on stage. I have my in-ears dialed in how I want them and I take care of that shit on my own time. But mm-hmm. I would love for everybody to be on the same page as far as um, maybe not having a click through the entire song. I don't think that that would just get annoying for like a vocalist or whatever. Um, but e- even just for count-ins, man, you know, mm-hmm. having everybody on a click for count-ins and then literally you just fucking go right into the song. I know Archspire does that and it's fucking impressive having everybody just like, boom, like right there doing this like insane riff and then stopping and starting and like no fucking hi-hat counts and hi-hat oh, counts are just It just kind of kills. I wouldn't say kills. I mean, it works, but like, agreed. I've seen bands where they don't need to count in and it makes a huge difference. Um, oh, big one time. thing I've been, I've been having a tr- hard time getting the rest of the guys to agree to that, uh, to getting, you know, click tracks for them as well. Cause there's a lot of times in songs where like, we'll stop. It'll be like a really quiet part where it's just guitar. And I hate having to keep the time. Cause I feel like it takes, you know, it's supposed to be really quiet, but you still hear me like clicking on my hats or something. So what I've been considering doing is, uh, figuring out a way that I can get like a, an electronic pedal like a, you know, like a electronic hi-hat pedal or something like that. And then just have a tone, like a woodblock or something going into everybody's ears that only happens whenever I step on that pedal. So that way I can count things in with my foot silently. Dude, that's a, that's a pretty good idea. Right? Yeah. And then that way we we get into it. Yeah. If everyone's using in-ears already... Yeah, exactly. Instead of uh, them having a, a click track, you just you do the count in digitally. That's like fuck. That's that's a wicked idea, man. Yeah, I and like then that, that way, whenever we have a quiet part in a song, I can switch to that pedal, keep everybody on time. But then it's like just you know acoustic guitar or whatever we have. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's a great idea. I love that idea. Um, I call it the Derek technique. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get everybody on in ears, um, then I would hundred percent do something similar to that. But I don't yeah. think that is happening in Crimson anytime soon. So <laughs> yeah. I did get um no cash doing that for our rehearsals um last summer before nice. lockdown hit again. And we are all running in ears and I was running everything through Pro Tools and it was all great. Um, but yeah, I don't know when we're going to get back on the stage. So yeah, probably be a while. But, yeah. Uh, you know what? One cool thing is with this Roland SPDSX is that you can plug a mic right into the back of it and record a sample right there. Oh, wow. That this is, cool. is, I think specifically this would be useful for those of you, which I'm assuming is everybody who wants to record a fart and use that as a sample when you're drumming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you could record a fart, set it as your trigger track, and use that fart you just did as your kick triggers immediately. Yeah. I that's mean, that's got to be why they did that feature. Dude, technology, man. I'm telling you, the <laughs> we future are living is in now. the future. <laughs> the future is now. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. amazing. I've been farting in the old fashioned way for years. I yeah. have a robot doing it for me. Fuck, that's amazing. Yeah. Love it. It's a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. So, Indeed we got it is. the Roland SBD-SX. Um, Elisa's has similar a similar product, the Sample Pad Pro. I don't know as much about this one. It looks pretty much the same. Yeah. I'm sure it has a few different features. I don't know if it has the fart recording feature that the other one has. So, 
if it, I guess, I guess we don't even the, need to bother talking yeah, about it. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it if it doesn't have the fart <laughs> recording feature. Specifically for farts only. Farts and belches. Let's see. I don't know. I don't see anything. You can definitely upload your own samples and stuff, but you'd have to like record your fart onto the computer first, put it on your memory card, and then stick it in there. Who has time for all that? Oh my god, it's a lot of that's a lot of things you got to do. Mm-hmm. Although there is a massive price difference, it is so much cheaper than yeah. the uh, the Roland one. Like the Roland uh, is a thousand dollars, and the Alesis is four hundred dollars. Yeah, so six hundred dollars cheaper. I guess that's how much the fart function costs. Right. I think mm. it's. I gotta say, I think it's worth it. Yeah, agreed. Hundred percent agreed. Six hundred dollars to record your farts. Yeah, I I think so. I I will say that um, I am very much a Roland fan. I've had a a Roland electronic kit for like fifteen years, and it is going strong. And anything Roland I've ever used has been like bulletproof. Um. The, See, the octopad a, I had was incredible. Uh, everything just like it was. A, it just like you know, if you buy it, it's gonna last. Yeah, I'm a big Elisa's fan, man. I've had my DM5 for fucking like eight, nine years now, and I love <laughs> it. Like it's uh, fuck, maybe even longer than that. Um, yeah, I do know that the one thing I've heard, and this could change because I think Elisa's has really been like upping their reputation lately. Yeah, but. Um, I remember being at a, a music store and I was looking at the sample pads and the uh, the manager at the store told me like, you know, the one thing I'll say about the like their their software and stuff is good. Like, you know, your your modules are going to be good, but anything that you're actually hitting, he said that he's seen way more people returning them or having them break than any Roland stuff. Yeah, I could see that. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So we can't say that that's, you know, completely accurate, but I, I definitely know firsthand that like the Roland, like I've been pounding on this uh, Roland electric kit for so long mm-hmm. and it's still works amazingly. I will say though, that the Elisis, I think it's the strike kits they have are fucking sick. They're great. Yeah, I know several yeah. people who have them and play them and, and like, man, not only, do they sound fantastic? But like everybody says that they, they really stepped it up and like, it feels more like a natural kit than anything they've played on. So that's really Mm -hmm. cool. I, again, I'm not a E kit player. I've never been a fan of mesh heads or anything like that. And I've always made it uh, a goal of mine to have my drums where I am living or have a space. So, I could play them at any time. Mm-hmm. So totally. I just, that's, that's just a part of my life. Like that's the one thing that I need. I've decided. So, yeah, I get that. I would love to have that option right now. It's unfortunately not one for me, but yeah. Yeah. These, uh, these Elisa ones look pretty good. Like V drums are really coming a long way. Um, even since the one I got, like mine feels great, but I think that like anytime I've seen people playing these and listen to the sounds they're getting out of them, they, the modules sound way better. Dude, have you seen the new Roland kits that they're coming out with? I have. Although they're probably like ten grand for one. Oh my god, dude! I I saw some some pre orders go up for these new kits, and they like. Well, the Elisa uh, uh, Strike Pro. Sorry to cut you off there, but the Elisa Strike Pro is only like at Long McQuay, It's thirty four hundred dollars. Yeah. Which is is pretty crazy because that's like their their flagship, isn't it? Like that's the top of the line one that they have, and yeah, um, like the Roland V drums are. I'm pretty sure that their high end one is like the what T50. What are they at now? Yeah, VAD five hundred six. I mean, the kit I'm using like all those years ago was like sixty five hundred dollars. It was like so much. I also ordered it like all the pieces separately and I got like a really high end, high end one. Um, but like right here, yeah. TD 50 KVS or KVXS drum kit. Um, $10,500. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they're, they're absolutely insane. 
Um, yeah. But look at it, man. Look, just <laughs> I know. Look at I want to just it, cuddle it, you know? Dude, it looks like a fucking drum kit. You know? Oh, that's nice. I want all the gear. So um, Roland also has a really cool thing. I don't know if you've ever played one of these. They have an all-in-one kick trigger pedal. And uh, Oh, really? It's an interesting design because the way it works, it's like it just looks like one of those kind of like hi-hat pedals that you'd have in the ground, like an electric one. Um, mm. But when you step on it, it has like this weighted metal piece that kind of slaps back and hits a sensor. So it feels very or like natural. It feels like you're using an actual kick pedal, which is pretty cool. And they're very quiet. They have quite a few different uh, like things available for that. They also have a really cool thing for anybody who's like considering getting into uh, just like adding one or two pads. They have... Uh, like a few different modules. So they have like the uh, the TM6 now, which is similar to the TM2. I think it just has more outputs. But there's also like single, they have like single trigger pads that you can buy. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, of course. So those are kind of cool. They're a little expensive, but they're neat. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, we're all about that neat factor. Oh, we love neat things. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah, so uh, do we have any, um, what do we got here? Well, Roland's got a new Octopad out. That's neat. That's neat, yeah. <laughs> Everything's neat. Um, I mean, we could like just go on all day about all the different electronic things that are out there, but I think for the most part, it's like, you know, it'll be some sort of acoustic drum trigger or some sort of pad that you're hitting or like a V-drum kit and Essentially, yeah, man. Um, that's pretty much it. Now I'm just, I gotta stop. I, I'm just like down the rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> no. products yeah. and like, yeah, I gotta quit that. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Well, uh, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good spot for us to call it anyway. So um, I think, you know, anyone listening, if you, if you use any electronics, let us know what you think. Let us know what you use. If there's anything that we missed, tell us. Say, hey, guys. What the heck? What the what the heck? Yeah. I know. Make sure like, you watch your language, though. There's like a million things that we missed. Uh, there's <laughs> so much electronics that go into uh, drums and playing uh, these days, man. Like we uh, we barely even touch scratch the surface, if you will. Yeah, of, totally. Uh, uh, there's actually uh, one of the other uh, sample pad that I've been hearing more and more about is the Nord Drum. An ORD yes. drum, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of cool stuff out there too. And um, I mean, again, it's just another sample pad, and the thing that you hit and it triggers samples. Uh, it seems like there's a little bit more flexibility with this one. It's kind of more of a premium thing, but it looks kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. I saw that one. It it, it looks red. Nice, uh, nice red color. As yeah, well, you know, like a little flashy. I like, I like it. I like flashy, cool cool looking stuff you know aesthetics mm-hmm. are are crucial. crucial it's the most important thing uh in life actually <laughs> hands down yeah you know yeah by far looks are what matters so 100 don't let anyone tell you otherwise either yeah yeah and that's <laughs> why we there is no video to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> certainly isn't the lack of pants yeah no <laughs> All right, man. Well, you got anything else before we pack it in for the day? Are you not wearing pants? I don't need to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm wearing shorts. They are not. All right. I'm wearing a skirt. All right. We can do a poll if anybody thinks I'm wearing pants. (laughs) You're wearing a skirt? (laughs) Is that what you just said? I just got that. Gross. I think that's it, man. I think we're good here. Another another episode in the bag, man. Uh, <laughs> again, if you guys have any questions, comments on this episode or about anything drum or life related, shoot us an email. Uh, we're talking drums at gmail.com. Follow us on a social media. Uh, Instagram at We're Talking Drums, Facebook, We're Talking Drums. Oh, know. and we have a store. 
now. But we oh, didn't talk right. about this. Also, it's been up for a few weeks. Yes, we <laughs> now have merchandise. So merchandise. if you like uh, t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and coffee mugs, so you can get your morning started right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find that. Uh, <laughs> on our merch Give us a second. Store, which the link uh, is in the show notes, and it's also in all of our bios. So if you click. Uh, the the link there it'll take you to our page that uh, you can purchase our merchandise mm-hmm. and, and let us know if you want us to get something else in there because we might be able to make it happen yeah uh, and everything that you buy there supports this podcast we do all of this for free uh, for you guys and if you guys like uh, what you're hearing and wish to support us, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you want to support us even further, just like, share episodes with all your friends and, and let <laughs> Do them it. know. Uh, and tag us in those, uh, in the, in those stories and, and posts and, and whatnot. Because uh, we love uh, seeing that and knowing you guys are are listening out there and enjoying what we're talking about. So picking up what we're putting down. Yeah. Yeah. Reading yeah. what we're writing. Mm-hmm. Sniffing what we're uh, emitting. All right. All right. That's it. I think that's it. I think that's where we end this one. Right, we, we did it. All, All right. right. Good job. Awesome. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Keep drumming. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.